You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast, recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. Hey, everybody, you're with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. We got a very fun topic today. We're talking about three common mistakes that people make in real estate. Uh, First of all, before we get into it, if you could hit that red button that says subscribe. We love doing these podcasts and we're looking to to grow our audience to where we can keep giving you this free content. But as always, I'm here with my dear friend, Mr. Scott Adams. How are you doing today? Couldn't be better, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just off of a did a, a guy's weekend and uh, kind of, you know, dragging a little bit. I get I one bet. of those a year. So my, my three closest childhood friends, we solved all the world's problems this past weekend at a, yeah. at a resort. At, our, at our age, that leads to a slow week the next week. It does. Slow it recovery. Does. But it was awesome. It was good. awesome. It's good to, good to be in here. And uh, those guys are actually tied to real estate quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of real estate discussing. But yeah. today... We're going to dive into three mistakes that we see a lot of novice investors make. I mean, sometimes we see professional investors, you know, do it as well. But I think it's something that it's very important to identify because we see it, uh, you know, we see a lot. But you have never made a mistake. So this is something (laughs) that you just heard of. You haven't really. I thought I I made a mistake once, but. No, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, but we're also going to talk about uh, the solutions at the end, and and you know sometimes the solutions aren't aren't pretty. But um, you're talking to two guys who have a made lots of mistakes ourselves, especially yeah. early in our careers to get where we are because we are just doers. That's kind of how we learned, mm-hmm. and we've helped a lot of clients out of mistakes that they've brought to us. Um, so at the end, we're going to kind of sum up kind of the, the ways to solve these, the best ways we think yeah. that we've seen um, to solve these. So it's not just uh, three things to avoid. It's also if you're already in a situation with a property. Um, Don't well, create another situation. Correct. So hopefully we can, we can give you some vi- advice here yeah. at the end uh, for folks who are already in this position of, of the best solutions. So. Yeah. So what what's the what's the the first mistake the biggest one that you see out there? Well, we're going to talk about letting emotions get in the way. So buying emotionally, and <clears throat> I think that is something that I do have a little bit of experience with. Whenever I first got into real estate, I was anxious, man. I was ready to buy my first sure. property, and it's natural. You no, know, the market was was still pretty good. Uh, 20 years ago, whenever I was getting into real estate and, you know, there was some competition out there, nothing like today. I mean, competition is crazy, which is why this point is even more important that I think people want to be real estate investors really bad, that they let their emotions get in the way. And sometimes they end up getting into something that they shouldn't or the numbers, you know, don't, uh, don't work, you know, so well. So, Letting a person's emotions get in the way is something that I see all the time. You know, we we get it with people that uh, bring us properties to to manage that they have got emotional on and, you know, tried to, to break through into real estate. But, you know, really knowing the numbers and, you know, even coming up with the formula that, that, that works 
is something um, that, you know, is so important. And, you know, emotions could also be that you're buying because the numbers, you know, do work and you could, you know, venture into some an area or something that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't get into. But I think for the most part, for our discussion, I think that expressing the importance of patience is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's, it's a really hard balance, I think, for people to get because you have to act quickly in real estate because good properties go fast. At the same time, you've got to be very patient. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird, weird mix of sitting around being patient for the right one, but acting quickly when it happens. I, I think some of the most successful clients that we see are the folks that get an understanding for what they want to do. They don't do anything until they're, they're really emotionally committed. They understand it. They've bought in. It, it takes the stress out of it for them. So, right. you know, you spend a couple of months really understanding it or however much time a person needs to get comfortable with the ideas and the concepts behind it understanding what kind of returns they can target Mm -hmm. and then acting quick once they're there. You know, those are the people that we see make the least amount of mistakes. You know, uh, Yogi Berra was a a baseball philosopher. And I think that that kind of applies here because you're basically your advice is to move fast, (laughs) but be patient. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, you drive past a restaurant that uh, has got a million cars and, Say, oh, nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. Yeah. <laughs> it, this is, there's actually a, a quote from, um, I forget who the famous gunslinger is, but um, it's, it's the same quote ends up in a lot of these Western movies, but it's slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So slow equals fast. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it, you right. know, it's, it's that oxymoron of it all. But the truth is, is if you get comfortable up front mm-hmm. and, after your first or second property, this advice almost doesn't apply because you're comfortable with it. You know mm-hmm. what you're targeting. But on those first few, you know, get comfortable with what you're going after so when you see it, you can react very quickly. But I dig what you said, though. I mean, because it, it makes sense to me, and that's why I want to dig into it just a okay. little bit more. You know, move fast, but be patient. Because it's in any market, but especially this market where there's so much competition that – saying, well, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait to put an offer in. I'm going to think about it for a few days. That's that's the part where, you know, it doesn't work because you have to move fast. You have right. to move fast. You have to get in, you know. But then there are areas of there could be multiple offer situations, and then you have to go back. And you've already moved fast, but now you have to be patient that you may not get that first one. You may not get the first uh, one through ten, uh, may take 50. I mean, we see it, you know, how many properties are we often offering on it at any given time? But you, once you have decided that you want to be a real estate investor, like Scott always says, you got to just do it. So moving fast is key, especially in the offering portion of a real estate investment. But I think what you mean by patience is Always know your numbers and make sure it's a right investment. And at the end of the day, it just speaks to leaving your checking your emotions at the door. It does, yes. Yeah. To circle it back to point number one, which is, you know, don't be emotional when doing this. If you if you are prepared and comfortable with it, your emotions are already down. Right. You know, you've gotten the knowledge on what you're going after. And then if you just cold calculated when properties come along that fit that, you just move forward. 
it can, it's a great way to take the emotion out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you plan this out, you kind of get comfortable with the idea and then you just act when properties come along. For example, there's a lot of groups like our, like ours that help, you know, provide Mm -hmm. houses to clients. Whenever we do a property showcase, which we do every week, we sell those houses that same day. So, you know, we, right. we, and we have a waiting list. We've got a lot of clients mm-hmm. out there, who, a couple of clients who are doing 1031 exchanges that we've got to fill. You know, there's time right. deadlines. Right. And that is across the nation. We are not unusual in that, in that regard. Groups like ours who do true quality houses, they have waiting lists. It's just the way it is right, right now. So it's not just about being on the open market and doing it. It's also for the investors that are buying turnkey through mm-hmm. groups, you once you've got that group lined up and you know the kind of properties that they do and you like them, you got to just move on the properties as they, as they come. There will never be a perfect property. I've yet to find one in my career. And, you know, we're going to speak about that in our, in our next topic. But, I mean, if you, if you have found um, someone that, that provides great properties or a realtor that, that, that really knows what they're doing with investment property, you know, really one of the biggest things is, you know, how long have they been in business and, you know, how, you know, right. so doing a little bit of homework, but, but I'm totally with you, but that, that leads into our next point, point, which two. is, which is who you surround yourself with, right. you know, which is, um, you know, being around the right people. Um, then it could, it could be, you know, contractors, it could be real estate agents, it could be turnkey providers. Um, you know, it's really, you know, we always talk about boring, you know, uh, right. and we still believe in, in boring investments. But I think for, for, for if it was me looking for someone, and I and keep in mind, we do invest, um, you know, a lot ourselves, is I would be looking for someone who's conservative, um, you know, has a conservative approach. So surrounding yourself with important people, and really, I mean, you know, toot your horn a little bit, you know, I surrounded myself uh, with you many years ago and, you know, that was, uh, you brought a lot of, of stuff to, to my business. I hope I brought some, something uh, to, to you as well, but you know, yeah. our partnership has been, you know, vital for, I think each other. So, you know, I think, and, and likewise, and I mean that, you know, I, I, I feel lucky to, um, you know, I, I had dinner this weekend with friends and I talked about how lucky I am to have, know, a business partner that we, we balance each other out and both have so much experience. But I think you and I do, do point number two very well. And it's, it's helped us have successes in our careers. And we, we want people, other people to, Mm -hmm. to realize that and to do it, which is we, we luckily got into, in our market to that top shelf of folks who are in it. It's a small group of people. It's a small group of real estate investors. It's a small group of contractors and we got in and we never let go of them. You know, we, we, we're, we're friends with all of them and That's right. we, we hold each other in high regard and we all hold on to each other. It's kind of a unique community. We talk about it a lot. And once you're in with that, you hold on to these folks with grim death. You know, there's a ton of pretenders out there. Point two is don't surround yourself with pretenders, surround yourself with the good people. And you and I talk about this maybe more than any other subject how frustrating it is to get on the internet and see clowns giving bad advice, pretending they're experts. It's everywhere. I think just to back that up and to provide some perspective to our listeners, you and I both will find different things on social media, you know, however, you know, stuff just ends up in our feed or whatnot. But you'd sent me a couple of TikTok things the other day that was literally the worst real estate advice 
I've ever heard over in a my million life. likes. Over and a million, million likes. likes, and this douchebag is on there, you know, acting like he's the real estate king. It's just, it is mind blowing to me. A, it was a lie. That, you know, people are going broke, you know, by listening to this guy, right? And it's just, it just, it, it baffles, right? Me. Like the idiot, <laughs> the amount of idiocy that's out there, which is part of the reason why we do a podcast yeah. is to kind of counteract some of the the posers, you sure. know, out there. Um, yeah, there, there's some good sources of information out there. There's a lot of people selling education, and most of those, it's really bad. Most I of that education. I do, too. I, I, I hated hobby. education whenever I was yeah. like, getting an education in college. <laughs> Still hate education. You know, it's just, yeah. But I think it speaks to the point of just doing it, you know. No, I mean, I mean, that's to how me, the it. real estate education, you know, is just, is just it's bogus. Because sure. those people that are selling the education – most of them never really made money in real estate. They're, they're making their money on selling this education. Yeah, I, I had a conversation with a, a new client the other, the other day, and he said, I've been thinking about buying education, but my question is this. If, if they're so good at this enough to teach it, why aren't they doing it? Correct. And, and I was just silent, and he said, did you hear me? I said, yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer because there isn't one. Correct. You know, but th- there it's hard to know who's real and who isn't, especially for new people into this. And and so there's some some ways that you can kind of offset that and get to the meat of the matter without having to know yourself all the, you know, who, who is who and who's fake and who's not. One of the things is, is if someone is in a market and they've been around for a long time, say a minimum of five years, mm-hmm. minimum, um, then they're going to be legit. Um you and I know all of the groups like ours across the country, all of the top groups, because mm-hmm. we're at the same conferences and, and we're all friends. Correct. And and we all respect mm-hmm. each other. And, right. you know, we have clients that buy in Jacksonville and buy here. And, and so we share a lot of clients and good working relationship. I don't know of any of them that haven't been in business for at least 10 years. I don't know any of them who haven't. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one. We see these people pop up and go away quicker than 10 years. If you can last a decade, it's usually a sign that you're real and legit. So that's the one thing. Right. You know, five, I would say five years minimum. After 10 years, that's a good sign. You know, that's a good sign. Um, otherwise, you start to get a feel for who's real and who's not. And after you've done some transactions with, you know, a group like us or your realtor, you'll really start to get a feel. Don't be scared to cut loose on someone who isn't real. You know, stay loyal if they are good and and really take you to that next level and they're a good resource. Hold on to those people like Grim Death because there's a lot of demand for, for people who are experts in this field. And once you've got your, your claws into one of these great people, hold on to them. You know, treat them well. Even when things go wrong, don't look at them as part of the problem. Let them help you solve problems because right. problems are going to occur. And if you're going around blaming them for you being in a situation – you're going to drive them off. You know, they're, they're, if they're good, then they're going to want to help you get out of that. Right. You know, I mean, we go, we go to the mat with, for our clients, you know, whatever it takes and not every real estate deal goes smooth. And that's when we, we feel that we have the most value. It's when it doesn't because we can help people. And so I always say, it's our goal when a situation arises that our client leaves that situation feeling better about being in business with us than before. Sure. Because 
anyone can do when when everything's going right, you know. But it's it's how a person runs to the fire, yeah. you know, when there's a problem. You know, you run into the burning building, yeah. and you know, I say we say that all the all the time to our staff. But you know, kind of going back to you know, just surrounding yourselves with with good people. You know, that's probably the thing that I'm proud of the most about our business. You know, sure. the the <clears throat> the people that are in this building with us, you know, every day, which you know includes the 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 guy that's helping us uh, film this podcast right now. You know, to our project manager, um, to our client relations manager, to our um, in-house uh, COO, who's the you know, right. CPA, uh, to our sales manager, to our acquisitions manager. We've We've really surrounded ourselves with good people, but then it goes outside of that. You know, we've talked about some of the lending relationships, you know, that, that, that we have, insurance people, you know, that we have. The other thing that we probably needed to discuss on another show, because it would take up a lot of time, is the whole contractor situation. Sure. You know, because we've worked with the same people forever. Right. Um it's so unusual. We, we go to these conferences and, and folks are literally blown away that we don't go through all of our contractors every six months. Detroit. Did, we were, yeah. No, we were in uh, Cleveland. and That's when we had that giant round table. There's 50 people just like right. us. I mean, the, the true people in the field. Not a single one of them. Well, they were talking about how they, they, they're interviewing contractors you know, every day. Every, you know, all every the time, day. constantly. Right. I'm like, yeah. I haven't interviewed a contractor in... Over a decade. So you can apply this how you want to kind of your business. Most of our clients, most of the folks listening to this are, are not going to dive all the way in. You know, they've got day jobs. They want to own real estate. But at the same time, we want to quickly explain our philosophy and then we'll move to point three, which is we give 401ks. We give insurance to our to our employees. We pay above market rates. We hire the best people for each position that we possibly can. We believe it is our number one asset is the people that we surround ourselves with. And we hold on to these people like grim death. We, we are able to get deals done on uh, rehabs, not because we use cheap people, but because of our relationships. And we were able to get, get them done very well because of that. So, Correct. so if you have that philosophy in your own little business, we believe that that is your number two key to success. So don't buy emotionally. Surround yourself with great people and hold on to them when you've figured out who and the I think the are. two points, I think that sometimes they kind of go hand in hand with one another. Like, uh, you know, I can think of a situation, we've talked about it before, where, you know, we saw a national news broadcaster, you know, start selling, um, you know, homes in, right. in Indianapolis where – People thought that they were surrounding themselves with good people because of, sure. because of what they saw um, on TV. You know, and their emotions got involved because I mean, this guy's on a national news show. Um, so you know, I, I don't know what my point is there because yeah. you know, that's it's just a, how, it's hard that's how know. careful you've got to be. Yeah, um, when you could take a just a weird average dude like yourself. And put him up against a national news broadcast. Yeah, that is an interesting and point. And you're a hundred times, yeah. you know, the real estate investor that that guy yeah. will ever be. Well, your uh, four-year-old is a hundred times the investor that clown <laughs> will ever be. Correct. And he's still out there selling houses. Right. And, you know, the people he surrounded himself mm -hmm. with are 
out on bail or in prison. Right. You know, those are the clowns that are out there. So I think that's a good point, though, and it's hard hard to say what to do, um, how to overcome that. But if you take your emotion out of it and you don't hold people up on a pedestal just because they were on TV or they because they have giant conferences. In fact, in our experience, a lot of the people have these giant conferences and big followings aren't the right people. It's almost the smaller folks in the markets that you want to focus on. These these big people, they're just out there selling you whatever the... They're selling you the education. Yeah. They're, sell, they're getting paid, you know, lots of different ways. Lots right. of different ways. Right. And I'm with you. I, I, I just, I don't believe in that. Right. We've always kind of done it ourselves. I think that our clients should be an average everyday dude, just like my, or dudette, just like myself, right. or just like you, that um, is an expert in that field. Correct. You know, you, you don't go to Dr. Oz for your colonoscopy. You know, you go to the doctor that is the, does that every single day. You know, it's good to watch them and you can learn a little, you know, but the truth is when the rubber meets the road, that's not the person you need in your corner. Right. You know, it's the people on the ground. So to summarize, though, yeah. the emotion can apply to all of these. So you take the emotion out, you, you know, surround yourself with really good people. Hopefully you kind of can judge that without letting your emotions say, oh, this guy's a star. We see NBA, ex-NBA players. We see these, yeah. and they That's all right. end up doing the same thing. Right. It's a joke to me. Yeah. It's a joke. You see a lot of ex-NBA players in our industry. You see these newscasters. So if you take your emotion out of that, surround yourself with good people, and then number three point, we've talked about this a lot in a lot of different ways, but the number three point is the buying correctly. So finding a model, sticking with it, not letting your emotion take you outside of that model. You know. So what do you think the biggest point of, uh, of buying correctly is? Dive in a little bit, a little bit more. Tell them the Scott Adams yeah. philosophy of, of buying correctly. Well, the Scott Adams philosophy is partially the Clint Witherall philosophy. It is. It's, it's the uh, location, location, location. That's Clint speaks on that constantly. You know why? Because it's true. Mm-hmm. Number one, most important part: location, location, location. Um, and then it's sticking to your model. Once you've figured out the types of properties that work for you, it's not, it's you, you'll see stuff come across your desk once you're buying this. And once you have a few properties and you're kind of in that world, you're going to start seeing stuff come across your desk that looks unbelievable on paper. It looks great. It's, it's too good to be true stuff. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's location, 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 buying good properties and good good locations and sticking with your model and not being, you know, seduced by this garbage out there that looks great on a paper and they can lipstick on a pig. They make the house look all pretty. And then it's one of my biggest points. Anytime that anytime that we speak at a conference or anytime that we, we talk to clients or we're trying to um, acquire a new client by, you know, answering their questions is on paper returns we use that term a lot. Right. And it's extremely easy. If I wanted to show an investor an on paper return of 20%, you know, I could do it, you know, easily, you know, I, I, I could go to some of the, um, the highest crime areas in Indianapolis, you know, you and I could buy homes 
and we could show that 20% return. Now, the reality is you're going to hop, hop on this hamster wheel, and it's going to be this constant circle of rehab, rent, evict, rehab, rent, evict, and you're never going to get off that hamster wheel no. because there are not quality tenants in a tenant pool in those areas. And that hamster wheel, you're not talking about every year. You're talking about monthly, right? like every few months. Correct. And But it shows that rent amount on the piece of paper, and that's what generates that return, yep. but it's complete BS. Um, whereas, you know, our our returns are, are you know, that we show are half that. Boring. It's boring. That's right. But, you know, we've had a... It's real. We had a a client liquidate, um, I I forget how many properties, about eight. And you and I made a, or you made the spreadsheet to see what their returns were since they purchased them. Mm -hmm. And they were just slightly above what the pieces of papers that we show them that we expect it. There's no guarantees, but we just kind of lay out what we expect a property to do. Right. um, Just based on past experience and our knowledge of the properties. We hit those numbers. It's boring. Very boring. But it's doable. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the kinds of properties that are doable. So groups like ours, you know, those top tier groups across the country, they hit their numbers. They're not promising you pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. They're promising you real returns. The properties that come in and they're above 10% and they look great on, on paper, then you Google them and they're kind of in a weird location and it's kind of iffy, just toss it at that point. As soon as you start to get that tingly feeling, right. run. Just don't, it's not worth it. The downside is so much bigger than the possible upside that it's just not worth it. Well, we, we, we abide by the same principle within our business in, you know, talking from the property management company that, that, that we co-own that we won't manage properties. And we had someone that came to us last week with 19 homes. And I said, I'm sorry. And they looked at me like I had an arm growing out of my head. Right. Like, why? I'm like, nobody can make that work. Right. You're just going to be mad at me because we're constantly going to have issues with your tenants. There's going to be constant evictions. We don't manage those properties. We won't manage those properties. Yeah. Um, I, so this 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 group of clowns, who one of them is a national newscaster, when when all of the properties they sold and and based on different reports, it's between a seven hundred and a thousand houses, I believe. We we could have picked up about three hundred properties to manage. We turned every single one of them down, and I don't know a single conversation that the person wasn't shocked that we wouldn't manage them. You know, it's, it just doesn't work. Don't go outside of the box, find the boring properties. People get upset it. over it. You know, I, know. I mean, you know, I, we had clients you know. do it and we'll help a client. If a client gets into the situation, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. If you do these things, any of these mistakes on the way you get your emotion involved, let's say the emotion on the other side, which is, Oh, this, this house is in, you know, the finest suburb of all, uh, you know, it's a, you know, my wife and I would love to live there. You buy it. Well, you're not going to get any returns. Right. You know, you're going to pay $300,000 for a hundred, for a thousand dollar a month or $1,500 a month rent. The returns are terrible on that. They don't work. So if you buy there, we can help you, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. We talked about the three mistakes. Let's just wrap it all up. We're getting near the end of our time. 
what happens when you when you make one of these mistakes? What, what? So there's a lot of a lot of solutions. You always talk about this one, which is the first thing you do is you analyze your properties unemotionally. You analyze them, and you should do it regularly. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking every month, but you know, at the end of the year, look at the real performance of your property. See how it did. Trust your emotions too a little bit here. You know, if if it just doesn't feel right. It's okay to cut bait. The, the really successful investors we see have portfolios that change. They do not just buy the 10 houses and stick with them. That's a great thing if all 10 work, and it's a great way to build a portfolio. But once in a while, you've got a dog in there that just, for one reason or the other, there's just tenant turns and maintenance that's higher than expectations. It's okay to cut bait on that house and replace it. You know, In fact, when you analyze these properties – you have to be realistic, real with yourself, you know, and you need Sometimes to Sometimes losing $10,000, $5,000 is better than dumping $20,000 in it over the next couple of years. Correct. Three years. Great know, point. So what, you, what Clint is saying is you sell, you take your lumps mm-hmm. because if you lose 10 grand this year and then the next year it loses nine grand and you're like, well, it'll turn around. And then the next year it does it again. You got to cut bait and where that, where that point lands for different people is it's different. It's where your emotion will get ready for it. But if you're analyzing it honestly, you'll know when it's time to sell it and act. Even if you take a loss, it's better than rolling losses year after year after year. It sucks. We've had to do it. You rip that bandaid off as quick as you can and you replace it with something good. You take your lump and you move on. So don't get emotionally involved again. Right. And don't sell or don't right. don't act. And it's a trinket. Correct. If the trinket isn't performing the way it should, sell it, take your loss, and replace it with a trinket that does do what you want it to do. It's the only way to do it. And I know. think if you do have one of those losing investments and you're married, I think that you also need to really start crying your eyes out because normally that helps yeah. ease the pain with the spouse whenever whenever something happens. So like if yeah. I do something bad. I just, I really try to drum up, some, up. some tears some really, really quickly. <laughs> it reminds me it's, of, it's a little easier. We've got these three guys um, who are, they're not actually in the real estate business, but they're a very successful, wise, humble, really awesome neat dudes. mentors to, mm-hmm. to Clint and I. And they joked because they loaned money in an apartment complex that their wives were going to make them move into it. You That's know, right. <laughs> you know, because everyone makes mistakes. Correct. These are these are some of the wisest people I know, and you know, they made a mistake. They shouldn't have put money out. They ended up cutting bait and being okay and moving on Correct. to the next one. So it's about analyzing, not getting emotional. If it doesn't work, sell it, take your lump, move on. Don't give up either. You know. Chances are, if you follow, you know, all the advice that we give on these podcasts, you're going to, you're going to build a good portfolio. But if that first and second one go bad, it can be real heartbreaking, you know, and it's unlikely if you do these, that the first or second one will go bad, but um, just don't give up on, on things when they get tough. If you've surrounded, again, we'll go back to point number two. If you surround yourself with good people, you can overcome all of this, you know, you're going to end up with good properties. You're going to end up with people who can help you solve things if they go wrong. And, you know, if you're not buying emotionally and you're analyzing your stuff, you'll be able to get out of stuff that, that you shouldn't have gotten into and move on. And don't, don't be embarrassed by it either. If you end up with a bad property, absolutely, everyone does it. 
us. I had, it's going to save you money in the long run because right. you're going to learn. And you know, Correct. It's, I mean, it's just, it could be a good thing. You're, you know? you're looking at a guy over here on this side of the table who had a hundred of these bad decisions in my twenties, you know, and I listened to my own advice. I've had them and too. I exited. You've yeah, had plenty I've of had them too. too. Um, we still, even we though that we know the addresses and we still joke yeah. about it, you know, well, at least it's not such and such, you know, but, uh, I sold mine mm-hmm. as quickly as I could when I realized it, you know, there's people out there that want those types of properties. There's a lot of homeowners who, you know, want right. that product. So you can always get out, um, and, and just do it. So, well, that's the, uh, we're kind of getting to the end of our time. Yep. I thought that this was going to be a, a concise topic, but I mean, I could literally talk, I could double it up and keep going on this. Yeah. I think there's some really good points, but you know, again, summing it up real quick, you know, emotionally surrounding yourselves with the right people and then, you know, sticking to good properties and good neighborhoods and sticking within the rules, you know, all very important, uh, all very important points. But um, again, um, like or subscribe to the Homeboys podcast. We uh, we love bringing these to you, and uh, we can't wait to see you next time. Until then, happy investing. <laughs>